0: Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The Great Ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too – There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. 153 games, a premiership and living the dream, or so it appeared. Sometimes it's more than sport. Who is Owen Craigie?
1: Yeah, well, um, first and foremost, you know, I'm a I'm an Indigenous man. I'm an Aboriginal man. That comes from the Camillary tribe, a little town called Tinga. Um, now, I'm a I'm a proud father, first and foremost, before anything. And um, my life today, if you know, you asked me 12 months ago and previous that who Owen Craigie was, and I'd give you. Probably the greatest novel of all time. But (laughs) right now, you know, I'm a country boy trying to live his best life along the way, trying to help other people.
0: Make every day count. Make every day count, brother. Every day count. As a junior rugby league player, as good as many of us have ever seen, did it just come naturally, mate?
1: Yeah, you know, I had this conversation two days ago and I was sitting with my mate. He lives at Newcastle Beach. And I said to him, I said, don't, when I ask you this question, don't take this as a weird question. He goes, what? I said, do you honestly believe that I was that good when people talk about me as a schoolboy and a footballer to me, mate? And he goes, fuck, are you mad? Yeah, of course, you know. But it's still hard for me to hear the words from the Eighth Immortal say that. It's still hard for me to, you know, catch up with Sammy Burgess two days ago and and um, at airlocker training and going for dinner and talking about, hang on a minute, this is the, one of the greatest forwards a game has ever seen. And he's telling me the first time he saw me play in witness when he was with Bradford, he, he, he was that squad. He didn't play but he was with the squad, and he just he, he said he said Elby, when I saw you play, he goes, I went, wow, wow. I want to one day go and play in NRL, and to hear that from a guy that took the greatest team in history to Rabidos to a premiership and yep. played with a broken cheekbone, you pinch yourself. As I said to Sammy, my, my, my son love you. Yeah. <laughs> like for you to say that about me, like then I just imagine my kid's face So it's hard for me to really swallow yeah. and hear people praise and give you accolades like that. And then when I look back at my career and look at the juniors and that, I'm thinking, how the fuck did I do it? Yeah. Three years, school boys. three years straight
0: schoolboys. Three years straight schoolboys, the only bloke to ever do it. We're talking 1994, 95, 96. it's a pretty cool record. What does it mean to you now in 2021? Yeah, well, look, it, 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 it's, it's been there for 20-something
1: years now. Um, and, and when I look back at it, I think to myself, I went to the Australian schoolboys functions, right, and I picked the greatest team ever. Yep. I, I didn't even make the bench. Right, strange schoolboys. I didn't even make the bench. And now it's the greatest Australian schoolboys yes. team ever. But then what they do is they pick blokes that go on and play Origin in Australia. But I'll guarantee you one thing now, and I'm not being cocky, but in my day, in yes. my day, no one would hold a candle to me in schoolboys day. I don't give a fuck who it was. it was. Like any single one of them that went to play for Australian Origin that I played with. You talking schoolboys? They wouldn't hold a candle to me. And I, to this day, I go, fuck, I don't know, I don't know how not I not make it? But obviously, if they're picking it on schoolboys, you know, i will make it. Yeah, but obviously, they didn't pick it on schoolboys.
0: It happened really quickly for you. Sunday, July 9, 1995, 17 years of age, still at school. You debuted in first grade for Newcastle in Newcastle against the Brisbane Broncos and a crowd... A hundred people short of 30,000. Yeah. A big win as well. Yes. What a special day. It was like a dream.
1: Was it? It was like a dream because 18 months prior to that, I'm living in a three-bedroom house with my brother and sisters, mum and dad back in Tinga, 15 Garner Street. You know, this is, is how it is could Yeah. And 18 months prior to that, I was 15, 15 years 15 years of age, you know. <sighs> And um, the first people I met when I came down here was the John's Boys, Keith Onslow and Billy Peed. Yep. They took me to Joe Dunnage's gym. And they said, we want to win a comp one day. And at this time, I was with the Roosters Elite Squad, you know. Yeah. So I knew Ronnie Palmer really well. They'd fly me down. And I, I fell in love with the place. And not because of the football. I didn't know who any player was. Yep. And I they drove me around the beach, and you know? I thought, oh, this is great. I've seen the ocean. and Yeah. I grew up in the bush, you know dry rivers, dry creeks, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and then um, I'm there, um, you know, just thinking about my dream. How do I now? What do I do that I've now, my dream's real. Yeah. So then uh, your whole mind, body, and spirit should go a whole new level. you got to change, you know what I mean? you got to go up a whole new level. And I'm dreaming and I'm thinking and I'm you know, at the game and, the first person to ever sign a contract at the Newcastle Knights in the history was Ashley Gordon, Ash to Flash. So Ash was left wing of this game. So I replaced Ash the last 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's a cool little story. Mate, how was school the next day? Because the game was Sunday and you had to rock up for maths and English. Yeah, and back science. at school,
1: yeah. So um, at this stage I had, I had footy cards, I had three footy cards. Yeah. They had a little chungo in them, you know. People just come to school and say, like, can you sign this? i say, like, yeah, give me the chewing and I'll sign it for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just signed the, signed the footy card, you know, and um, uh, some of the, um, like the teachers and yeah, friends and it was a bit surreal. Yeah. It was a bit surreal because it was um, I felt sometimes that I lost my childhood at a young age um, to hang around my mates and play handball and basketball at yeah. lunchtime and then go straight to footy training and training with Andrew Matthew Johns, Paul Aragon, you know, and, and do ball work and get ready for a game Friday night. So I'd play schoolboy footy on a Friday and play NRL Friday night,
0: you know. The was, early games, how did you handle the expectation, the pressure, the fame, the environment? Because for a 17-year-old kid, it's not normal to not be normal. going through this.
1: It's not normal. Um Look, what I did was I always wanted to oh, – look, I wanted to play footy, but the thing was, Andy, I didn't love the game. Okay. I didn't love it. Yeah. It was an opportunity to get out of Tinga. Yep. Andy Giddy loved it. Danny Badiris loved it. I just played it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Really good call.
1: They had done extras. I never.
0: Yeah.
1: i done things on the field that got me through, like a chip and a little skip and a jump and bang, bang. People go, oh, wow, fuck, that was amazing. I go, oh. you know? Yeah. But people practising and to do it. So I knew I had skill, but if I dreamt it, lived it, slept it mm. like Danny, because Danny lived with me, maybe I would have played for Australia too. I, put, I would have. I would have played Origin. I would have. But I just knew that, you know, I, I, I this stage You know, I had two houses. I won premierships. I won the last 95 win for our uh, grand final at yep. reserve grade. I put Robbie Ross on the bench. I started fullback as a 17-year-old. Um, you know, my life
0: was... So these other guys loved rugby league. Love it. You played it, enjoyed it. You had fun, played it. and you played it. But yes. your heart probably it. wasn't right there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like I um, my oh look, I always wanted to have a nice car and house and 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 live a good life, and yep. I did. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> but I just knew that you know, I didn't love it. Yeah.
0: September 28, 1997, was it the greatest day of your professional life, a grand final win, and one of the great grand finals too? Yeah, you know, well, I watched it the other day for the first time since we won it. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Last Tuesday was the first time I watched a full game. How so was it? I still cried. Yeah. I had tears in my eye. Like, wow. It was like a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Be, we actually won that. And during the game... You know, past it, but I'm thinking, hey, it's a pretty, you know what <laughs> I mean? But, but I'm that emotionally connected to it. Yep. was what we've done. But when people look at it, like, it was the greatest day of my life besides my kids being born. Yep. So I remember quite clearly, because I remember Anna McDougal, And the day before, they buried Princess Diana. So I'm sitting in the room watching it. And I ring yeah. mum, because mum loves Princess Di. Yeah. And um, Doug's is walking around, you know, and doing all this tunnel vision stuff. And Yep. And then, uh, you know, for every split second you hit yourself, you go, fuck, And tomorrow, grand final, GF, you know. This is it. Mm. Big dance. It's the big dance, you know. And then um, I've got visions of me running around Tinga. am with my cousins, running over all the kids in the, in the backyard and playing touch footy under the streetlights and this and that. And then, um, yeah, we went out there, brother, and the night before was probably the most special night. You know, we all had a big chat the night before, we went around the circle. Everyone had to have a say. From that moment on, I think that's when we realise, you know, like Chief said, we're not going home without the trophy. And like, we won, we, you know, that's how you you play footy, you know, the game went over to the Fat Lady Sings, well, she sang and we still played on.
0: Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. An amazing finish. Do you still... Remember the, the final might, couple of plays. Mate, I
1: remember the smells. I remember the, I remember everything about that. You know, wow. the, the fresh grass. The grass. I remember, and SFX is probably the greatest place to play a game of rugby league. It's a shame that it knocked it down. You know, but it was rugby league heartland for me anyway. I loved it. You know, yeah, inner city Sydney. People coming in with families. Yep. the buses pull up, chants and people chanting and singing out and. But I think, you know, that day was just uh, amazing. But, you know, like, what people got to understand is this, Andy, it's not so much that we beat Manly in the grand final. Like, we, we saved a game of rugby league in this country because it was ARL Super League war. Well, Hunter Mariners and Rupert Murdoch was that. We were the biggest checkbooks the game's ever seen.
0: Crazy times, wasn't it? It's so hard did- to really explain in 2021 to kids that weren't around in the 90s just how crazy these times were. We didn't know what was happening with the game. We didn't know if we'd have a game. We didn't know if we'd have a game. We didn't know if we'd have a comp. Yep.
1: We didn't know if uh, Super League were going to come in and well, they come here first because it was Rugby League Hartley yeah. in the world. And if we didn't win that, if we didn't win that game, they were they were ready to take over the city really. You now, because I was based out at the university, and we had players like Albert that had already signed a game for the year after, or, or you know, what I mean, signed his contracts and blah blah blah. And, it was just. Um, I feel that that game represents not only just the win alone of winning the premiership, but winning. You know the significance of rugby league in this country.
0: I agree a hundred percent with you, mate. You'd play with three clubs: seventy-six games for the Knights, twenty-three for the West Tigers, and three seasons at Souths. Beyond that, apart from the premiership, what stands out? Is there a moment? Is there a game? Is there a memory? That's more important than the others?
1: Yes, there is. It stands out like dog balls. So my last game for the Newcastle Knights was in 1999. Yep. Played the Dragons. I got man to match. So I'll I'll lead you up to it. So Warren Ryan was the coach. Yeah. So Walk didn't like me. Okay. And he didn't like Paul Davis. Yeah. Didn't like Ewan McGrady.
0: There's a theme here. There's
1: a theme here, you know. He got sacked from ABC for making racial comments. And I stood up before social media, before Lutrell Mitchell and all the boys on to raise the flag and, and yep. talk about. I, I stood up at a time and I had um, all I had was myself, no social media, nothing. And I stood my ground. And I signed a four-year contract with the Knights, the biggest contract of my life. Yeah. And I walked out in the first twelve months, and I signed with the West Tigers. Uh, Warren Ryan made some racial comments at the university. The players, everyone witnessed it in the club. And it shattered me. And before Wok came to the club, I was like, oh, and this bloke's can to turn you super stage, renowned as the greatest, Jack, you know, by Jack Gibson, he's smart. And what and was a good coach, very clever. Mm. And he dissected the game. And he grabbed me by the arm one day. He said, this is going to be your fucking last game. Robbie is injured. playing fullback. I said, I'm not playing. I'm not playing for the club. We'll just sit out I go to West Tigers I sign a three year deal you know and then the club said well what's happened? and then Wayne B done a deal I give him a little payout and I left but this is my last this is a game that stood out so I wasn't going to play Just was gone you know yep and it was not Dragon uh, Knights I chipped and chased the walk said to me no more fucking chipping no kicking leave it to the Johns boys let them kick you know you just make all those little smart-ass comments. Yep. Anyway, I got man in the match, and I carved him. Yeah. And after the game, I said, you shove it up your ass. I'm gone. You stood your ground. And then in the media conference, he said, I'll do all the talking. Talk what you want. Man in the match.
0: Yeah. You'd done your talking on the field. Yeah. That game stands out. We, as in the media and the fans, saw the good times, the tries, the celebrations, the happiness, But this story and the Owen Craigie story is about so much more than football. You wore a mask for much of your career. You hid the issues. You hid your issues. When and what was the first signs that you were struggling off the field to deal with life? Looking back now is when I had my weight issues. Yep. My weight
1: fluctuate. Now, please, we'd have four weeks off. And in his time, Andy, I'd put on anywhere from 10 to 15 kilos.
0: Eating, drinking. Everything. All?
1: All of it, you know. Yep. Um, and then I'd come back and I was always in the fat squads, always working hard, extra hard, doing this nap. And after a while, I'd become, I thought, well, fuck, if the end of the season's coming up, I had a system in place. But looking back now, knowing who I am today, yep. looking back now, I was battling um, bipolar. Yes. I was battling um, depression, anxiety, stress, and the way I dealt with it was either eating emotionally, drinking like a camel, gambling, yeah? Um, along with that, you know, I, I couldn't hold a relationship because I was never there or I or yep. was like a...
0: Well, you couldn't look after my, yourself, let alone like look after someone else.
1: Correct. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to rehab back in... 2019, that I really understood who I am, yep. why I'm like this, you know, and growing up, I grew up, mum and dad have, gave me the best life, I grew up in a community where, you know, like, I've had cousins die young from yep. suicide, I've had um, my next door neighbour, you know, um, die in his sleep from a fit, I've had plain touch footy, and the kid up the street while we're playing football got shot in the hands with a twenty two. you know, from from, you know, um, uh, my other uh, mate, my other mate, you know, you know, committed suicide you know, in his house while well, was in year seven. Um, I've witnessed people getting stabbed. Um, I'm not talking about, but you know, like in the, and I thought that was normal.
0: Because oh, it's what you saw as a young it's all man. I knew, it's all I knew, man.
1: It's all on you, man. It's all on you, you know. Yeah, when footy come along, I said, this is an opportunity to get out.
0: Yep.
1: You know? That's what I mean. I didn't love it. I saw it as a way to get out, to give myself a better life for my family. And then I was fast, you know? I was quick, and I used all them things to yep. to get me there. But then, you know, like, and obviously a young kid, yeah. won premierships, debuted at 17, bought his first house, imported cars on big money, playing with biggest players in the games ever seen yep it's dangerous when you got money
0: so you have really experienced as a teen the extreme highs but also the extreme lows i don't know andy i don't know how i'm alive in part two of owen craigie the rise and fall and rise again we speak about rock bottom about recovery and chasing the energy before you leave, we'd love a five star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. Best Weekly Review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Make sure you come back soon, legends.